0: Welcome to the powerful marketing tips podcast created for overwhelmed business owners who want to build run and organize their marketing for good. And here's a brief overview of our guest. Today's guest knows that talking about your own business is hard. Out of the 100% of what's important to you, only 2% of that is important to your audience. Mike Verrett from Verrett & Associates believes that finding that connection point is the difference between success and failure. Mike has spent more than 25 years in the brand marketing business, and the hallmark of his career is his ability to understand an audience. Now he shows businesses how to talk more about themselves to their audiences to get them to say, tell me more about what you do. In the interview, Mike shares his expertise on how to create the elevator pitch for your business. Enjoy. So hello, today's episode is a
1: must for every business owner because we will talk about how to talk and we all talk every day a lot, even too much, I, I suppose. But it doesn't mean people are interested in what we say. So today we will discuss how to talk about your business to your audience to get them to say, tell me more about what you do. And it's my, it's my honor really to welcome Mike Verrett here so we can all learn from him together.
2: Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: Great. So please tell us a little bit about your own journey. I know you have been in marketing for decades, I think, and you have also worked with some great and very well known brands. So how did you discover that passion for yourself?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was it's definitely been an interesting journey, Uh, about 25 years in the marketing and advertising space. And the last seven of it was with Hasbro toys and games. So I was exposed to this corporate environment that was foreign to me from the agency world. Uh, but I worked, I would say it was seven years I was there. It was a painful master's degree. <laughs> I learned <laughs> a, lot. a lot about business, but it does, it definitely wasn't the right fit for me. So I left Hasbro in fall of 2018 and I had time to think. I had time to look back on those decades, as you said, those 25 years of experience and figure out what was the common thread? What was the red thread that went through that? And I realized that I understand how an audience thinks. I understand how to get them to connect to an idea on their terms and lead them where we want them to go. And that was inherent to all of my positions in my career. So I started Verrett and Associates with a simple understanding of I'm going to show businesses how to talk about themselves to their audience in a way that gets their audience engaged, intrigued and wanting to know more. And the importance of that is rooted in your business, my business, anyone in business. A hundred percent of what we do is important to us. Everything. But only five percent of that matters to our audience. And we have a tendency to focus on what's important to us and what we think they need to know, when in reality, they need to know things in a certain order. You need to capture their attention and bring them through that information in a way that they can expect, understand, and hold on to in order to lead them to a decision. So what I created is a simple way to show people their audience's perspective of what their message is and how they're talking about their business and show them how to clarify it connect with their audience and bring them all the way to a call to action using a simple philosophy of how human beings think, not what the business thinks is important, but how human beings process information. And, uh, it's, it's like a ride on an elevator. How do you talk to somebody up eight floors of an elevator about what you do and answer their questions along the way? So ultimately what I've done is create a business where I work with other businesses for three weeks three meetings to get them to one way they talk about themselves. That creates consistency in their marketing, efficiency in their marketing, because if you know who you're talking to and where they are, you can go right to them. And it makes you memorable. Um, the, the idea, an audience only remembers one of three things. They remember first, best, or different. And first and best are admittedly hard to come by for most of us, Right but mm-hmm. different, we can do all the time. And it's understanding that we just need to appear different in the audience's eyes. It's not about dressing like a clown and holding a sound, a sign and dancing on the street corner. It's about what appears different to them in the moment that they're searching for their services. So that's become the focus of what I do based on my 25 years of experience working with audiences.
1: Wow, you're talking about this, like this is something very easy to do. No. it it, it certainly isn't.
2: <laughs> well, the fundamental so, issue with it is that it's our business. So mm-hmm. everything is important and we look at it that way. But any audience is not going to look at it that way. They're going to look at what's in it for me or how does it relate to me. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do when it's your business because you know everything. I'll use the example of Stephen King. The author writes famous horror movies and they've all become or horror books. They've all become movies. He writes a 400-page horror movie, let's say. I mean, horror, I keep saying movie. He writes a 400-page horror book. There is no way he can possibly extract the three paragraphs needed to go on the front, the back cover, or the inside flap for the blurb, because he's far too close to it. He knows all the characters. He knows all the settings. He knows what the weather is like in the book. How is he going to distill that down to two or three paragraphs that get people to buy the book? He needs an outside perspective to write that. He needs somebody else to consume it, read the book, and then come out with what those three uh, paragraphs are. That is ultimately the kind of service I provide. Businesses have a very hard time seeing it because everything's important to them. So I help them understand what's important to their audience and how to talk to them in the right way and make that connection Mm -hmm. with them and stand out as different.
1: So, yeah, it is hard to to talk about your own business. I understand that. But um, what, what really is behind that? I mean, is it, a, I don't know, lack of confidence or, or something like that also that could be behind that because uh, maybe you are not sure, you know, what works and uh, what, what wouldn't work or
2: how do you see that? The challenge comes in when people are thinking about what they do. They know everything. And their immediate understanding is, how come other people aren't getting this? I know I can help them. I have the tools to help them. Why don't they see it? And the reason they don't see it is because the tools are being explained to them as services right away, not what is their challenge and how to connect to them in that moment of challenge and bring them through the solution on their terms. So if I go to a, I'm going to use the example of a public relations firm. If you're looking for a public relations firm for your business, you are going to go on Google and you're going to search for a public relations firm. And the results that pop up, say you get 50 of them in under a tenth of a second, you're going to click through those and look for what connects with you. If the first three say, we're a PR firm, you have effectively hit the bottom level of their expectation ladder because that's what they put in Google. So if that's the case, then that's not memorable to them. That's not different. It's exactly what they were looking for. But if the next one they click on says, every business gets writer's block, we'll help you find the words to get your news out. That looks completely different to you looking for a PR firm. And more importantly, they chose to address your challenge of why you need a PR firm. They know that businesses can't write their own news. You can't do it from your own perspective. You need that outside perspective. Try writing about yourself in embellishing terms. It's really hard to do. You can be self-critical, but mm-hmm. embellishing terms is hard. And the business is always going to be writing from their point of view, not the audience's point of view. So that simple idea of writer's block translates to that's exactly what I need because I can't write about my own business. I have writer's block when I do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's that I've... form of that forming of a connection that gets you to read further on that page. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. This outside perspective is very important, but th- that leads me to another, let's say, struggle. The, how do you find you know a good vendor or how do you understand uh, who is the best fit uh, to work with? Because- In you terms know, of as a, your audience? Yes, because uh, there are so many copywriters out there who say that You know, I can do this and that. But how do you how do you really compare them? How do you understand who is the best fit for you? Or is it just a matter of trying?
2: (laughs) That is a great question. And it's it could be hard to answer if you put it in the context of I'm looking for a copywriter, if you put in copywriter for whatever you're looking for into Google, let's say you're going to get a number of results, you're going to get a lot of results. And what it comes down to is reading their copy, right, to see if it resonates. But your first impression when you're going through those results is really what matters. People are making that decision to read on in, say, under eight seconds. Hang on, I just have to close my door. Sorry. In under eight seconds, say five to seven seconds is the average that people are making a decision. and It's really based on first impression. So I'm looking for a copywriter and I put in copywriter. If all of them say we're a copy, I'm a copywriter. Everything looks the same to me. But if one speaks to me about the importance of word choice and how it relates to my brand, like your first words out of your mouth or your first impression, those better be good. Now they're attaching to what I'm looking for. Because that's what my need is. So I am predisposed to clicking on that one because they're speaking to my challenge.
1: And there is only one chance for the first impression, right?
2: Yep. (laughs) I mean, if you go to a website and click on it, and you're not intrigued by it, why would you remember it?
1: Yeah, I I know, I get it. So, but um, let's, uh, let's talk about elevator pitch, since you already mentioned this yourself. Yes. So, okay. One thing is to look for a copywriter, but elevator pitch is even, let's say, even more delegate or more important, you know, that you want it to have perfect. <laughs> right? Right. Where, sh- right. where should you start? Well, please, I don't know. Walk us through some, some actionable steps we can sure. do, you know,
2: for, for I'm going to stick with the PR firm as our example, because everybody understands what a public relations firm is for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy translation. First, let's address the elevator pitch and what people think it is and how they use it. And the easiest example is, say, networking or meeting somebody and they say, what do you do, right? There are two ways that people tend to answer that question. One is, if I work for a PR firm, I may say I'm a PR executive. And no matter what comes out of my mouth after that, the person I'm talking to is going to remember Mike and PR firm. That's it. Because we tend to dumb things down to keep them in our brains. There's not enough room up here. So that's what they're going to take away. And it's the first thing out of my mouth. I have basically told them what what they need to know. And it's not anything new or interesting. Why would they ask me more, right? So I basically could say, so what do you do at that point? (laughs) I really haven't had the chance to talk much. I've just said I'm in PR. The other side of that, (coughs) excuse me, is people will try to say everything that they do on the first floor of that elevator when somebody says, so what do you do? And a lot of times it sounds like I help businesses get their news out by providing this to get this to have this kind of effect. And he tried to tell me everything in 15 seconds, and I don't know what to hold on to. So I take the idea of that quick elevator pitch and sort of disrupt people's thinking on it by explaining that your elevator is eight floors, and it starts with what do you do, but your objective is just to get to the next floor and get them to ask the next question. So let's go back to PR, for example. My first floor is about connection, creating that need to say, tell me more, or I'm intrigued, I wanna know more. If you, if we're on an elevator and you say, so what do you do? I'm in PR, but I say I make news. You don't know mm-hmm. if I'm a reporter or an unruly celebrity in the gossip column or PR. Tell me more about making news is what I'm trying to elicit there. If I could do that on the first floor and get you to the second floor, you say, tell me more, My second floor is about my audience and what they're going through, their challenge. And I want them to ask, so how do you help them? So I could get to the third floor, which is my solution. And from there, they ask, well, how does that work? And my fourth floor becomes my process for how I arrive at that solution. And the fifth floor is what services do you provide? Those services can now hang off of that process Mm -hmm. and have context to the process. Sixth floor, how does it benefit me? Seventh floor, can you prove it? Testimonials, Mm. case studies, social proof, your Mm -hmm. story, your qualifications are there. And finally, the eighth floor is what do you want me to do next? Can I have your card? Is there a way to get in touch with you? If you invert that thinking, those questions, like it's going up an elevator, invert it so Mm -hmm. it's coming down, that's the way human beings would ask questions to elicit information. So what do you do? What does that mean? How do you help them? How does that work? What services do you provide? What do I get out of it? Do you have proof to back it up? Let's talk more. That's it. it
1: sounds very easy. It sounds yep. very easy, you know, those eight floors, to be honest. But
2: um, we don't think of that way because it's our business and that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. We think we have to tell them about services. We think we so, have this unbelievable feature or benefit that they're going to get. But the Mm -hmm. truth is we've got to get them attached to the meaning of that first and why it's important to them. And a lot of businesses think in terms of what problem am I solving for my customer? That, we'll call that need state. Picture Mm -hmm. need state on an X and Y axis graph, just one point uh, plotted on a graph. There's Mm -hmm. no context to it, right? There's no other points, there's no lines. Mm -hmm. Most businesses are gonna say, what is the need state? What does that point mean? And then they're going to say, okay, we have your solution and it's leaving. Like imagine a line drawn from that dot. Mm -hmm. What I'm interested in and what the audience is interested in is how I got to that point. So let me guess, you have writer's block because you're trying to get your own news out, right? That's why Mm -hmm. you need a PR firm. Well, we'll get you out of writer's block. (laughs) That's the intelligence of it. That's the logic of it if you could talk to them about how they got to their need state, you're relating to them immediately. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. We had, if you could relate that to them in ways they understand or can relate to in their mind, it's fantastic because here's what happens. We put out a at Hasbro toys and games. We put out a benign request to an agency saying we want to increase our presence on social media, both paid and organic. That's like something that comes down from a director to an assistant manager type of thing. This agency came in and they put that on the screen behind him. The guy who's presenting said, this is what you gave us, but let me tell you what it means. He takes out his phone and starts going like this. Does anybody Mm -hmm. recognize this behavior? And it was very clear to all of us scrolling Mm -hmm. through Instagram or Facebook or something. How many of you recognize this when your thumb stops moving? Why does that happen? Like, because I'm scrolling through social media and something caught my attention. That's what we're trying to create. We're trying to stop the scroll with your content. Mm -hmm. He related Mm -hmm. our benign challenge to us as something that we know and do all the time. We were 100% aligned with him. Mm -hmm. Then he explained how he would solve it and showed us case studies of work he's done that's similar. He won the business in a heartbeat. He related it to us. He showed us how he would do it. And he showed us it works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were captivated. Now, every other agency that came back that day, there were four of them. We sent it out to five. The other four came in and gave us their capabilities presentation for their agency. I'm sitting there thinking, do you think I didn't look you up online first? Do you think I don't know all of this? (laughs) We gave you a challenge. We invited you to come in and talk to us. We probably know a little about you. But they chose to spend 35 minutes each or half an hour each taking us through their agency, where they have offices, where their accolades, how, what are their core values? What is their mission statement? I don't care. They don't know their audience. In that case, I gave them what my challenge was, I want them to come in and talk to me about that challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so it's all about
2: there.
1: so it's all about really knowing your audience
2: and knowing how to relate to them. Right.
1: And how to relate. Yeah. Because I'm just right now thinking as you talk, because those five floors or steps, uh, seem so like obvious, right. But still, especially if you have more product or service groups, you know, yep. you, you should, uh, you should take your focus to something, but we don't do that because we want to like, uh, sell every, everything to everybody. But we all know that uh, if you talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody, really.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I'll give you an example of a, let's say a coach, like a, a, an executive coach, even. They are operating from a place where they know what they can do for executives in leadership who need help. And they will be prone to talk about how they do it. Meaning, what would somebody experience working with you? They talk about their qualifications, their techniques, their system, excuse me, their process, but that's what every coach is talking about. Here's what I do. And it all comes from the same place. They're thinking about their service and what they provide, but 95% of what they're talking about is only relevant to the audience. If they're working with them, at no point are they saying they're saying, I work like this. I do this. I do this. I do this. At no point are they saying your challenge is managing your power as a leader. And I'm going to show you how to manage that power. Big differentiator. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. having trouble managing your power to get to your vision. You need that outside perspective to create that. How am I going to get my vision to trickle down to the bottom level? And it's about managing your power effectively to get people where you want them to go that's ultimately the problem of the audience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not here's the services i provide that's okay Mm -hmm. here's your need state here's what i'll do it's here's how you got here and how i can help and now let's move forward
1: i get it and of course, I agree with you. And I, of course, have to admit that it's harder to, to say than <laughs> do yourself. Yeah. But what would you say to those um, those people listening to us right now thinking that, okay, but, but still, I have those different services. I have those different products or, or product groups, right? So what should I tell to my target audience? Should I have different... Um, Different uh, focuses, different audiences, different uh, messages. So, what are your thoughts here?
2: I hear a lot, I have different audiences and Mm -hmm. I push back immediately. You can't have different audiences for one business. That would be a bunch of different businesses because you're thinking you have to talk about them differently. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to that coaching example, for instance. That coach aligns with the leader and that coach shows the leader, here's your challenge, and here's how it's affecting your business. He's able to explain your team is not advocating for your vision, because they're not empowered to. He's able to point out issues that are outside of that leader, because the leader is thinking very internally. So how do you make the leader realize that the effects of what he's doing reverberate all the way through the organization, and create that urgency around doing it right? all of a sudden you sound very different than somebody saying, yes, I'll help you become a better leader. And here's my services.
1: You're speaking to the audience
2: on their terms and relating it to what they're going through. Then your services start to have meaning, but mm -hmm. not until you align with what they're going through.
1: So what you're saying, one message and one audience.
2: There's one message that can relate to different audience sections. So let's say you have one message. Very good. This is what I wanted to talk about. One message. Here's how it relates to you, audience one. Here's how it Mm -hmm. relates to you, user two. Here's how it relates to you, user three. Now you have permission to talk to different audiences. But you've got them all aligned around (laughs) one main mission or one main message.
1: Okay, thank you for that. Because I was already worried.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I run into that a lot where people say, Well, I have this type of person, this Mm -hmm. type of person, this type of person. But your services don't change for those people, what you're doing for them doesn't change. It's Mm -hmm. just their situation is different. Right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Let's say you run a bungee jumping company, and you push people off a bridge attached to a rubber band. You're in the business of (laughs) exhilaration and action sports, right? Now you can present that in two different ways though. You can project that in two different ways. You could project it as this is the trust fall on steroids. This is the ultimate team building experience, team manager. Bring your team here and watch what happens. You're gonna build trust. Or I could turn around and position it to a consumer the ultimate thrill jump off the bridge to the extreme and talk to that one person who's looking for that experience but both of them start with getting pushed off a bridge attached to a rubber band and it's a bad exhilaration and dopamine mm-hmm. whether a team manager is using it for team building or some guy just wants the thrill of jumping off a bridge it doesn't matter
1: that's a very good example because I never thought used, uh, you know, this jumping as a, as a deep building activity, <laughs> to be honest.
2: Yeah. I mean, it sounds terrifying to me. I don't think I'd ever do it. But Same here. <laughs> if, if you work for a company of a bunch, you're running a company of a bunch of 20-somethings, this would be an amazing experience for them.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Maybe. Yeah, it could be Maybe, for sure. Yes.
2: So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pointing to extremes in this example, but <laughs> the point is I could have one offering and relate it to two audiences. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: It's still jumping off a bridge attached to a rubber band and you get the thrill of your life. Here's what it means for you team builder. And here's what it means for you guy who's looking for a thrill.
1: Mm-hmm. But and still, we need this outside perspective. And
2: because we're constantly thinking in our own business mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, okay, we talked about how to find the uh, uh, a good copywriter, but what about how to find a good partner who helps you with your elevator pitch? I know that you are one of them.
2: <laughs> I would be a great partner for that, a little self uh, promotion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But at the, the output that you're looking for is not unlike somebody who writes a book and sends it mm-hmm. to an editor. Mm-hmm. That book is going to come back 30% lighter. To the writer, because the editor is going to be looking at, I'm writing how I think and how I see, and I'm just typing away. I'm pouring my mind onto a page. The editor's job is to make sure that my mind dumped onto a page makes sense to an audience. And if I'm writing from my perspective in my words about this storytelling, I know everything. I don't know how to connect that necessarily to the outside world.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: so having an outside perspective like the editor is going to look at it through okay what does the book need to look like not what are you thinking right now so anytime you have the opportunity if you create how you want to talk about yourself the best thing you can do is bounce it off of other people and say does this resonate Mm -hmm, uh and try it mm -hmm. out because your best advice or your best guidance is going to come from a third party from an outside perspective Unless you have the ability to have an out-of-body experience, it's hard to do on your own.
1: <laughs> I agree with you here. So I really much enjoy this topic. And um, But before we wrap up, please tell us, where can people find you if they now want to reach out? I know they do.
2: <laughs> you, well, I, um, I exist on LinkedIn. Search Mike Verrett and look for me looking like this. It looks like a cartoon picture with the butterfly. And my website is verretteandassociates.com, V-E-R-R-E-T. But I am uh, in the midst of launching a course. And Mm. it is essentially how to build your pitch, how to build how to talk about yourself, video and worksheet based. And you can find out more about that at my website as well. Um, But absolutely, if anybody's looking for help on this kind of stuff, what I sell is a free 30 minute phone call. A complimentary clarity call to talk about your business. And more often than not, I can offer an insight to you that'll help on that call. So I just encourage people to reach out and set up time and let's talk about what your challenge is. I guarantee you the challenge is coming from you being in your head and not it, what you're doing is unclear. It's just a yeah. question of scooping out of your head what needs to be shown to the audience. That's the intent of the course, that's the intent of how I work with businesses. Um, But that it all has to do with perspective. We're always too close to our own business.
1: Yes, we are. So thank you. And I really encourage everybody to to set up this meeting with you. Even thirty minutes can be, you know, eye opening and inspiring for sure. So,
2: well, my brand (laughs) promise is I at least won't be boring.
1: (laughs) That's that's very good. So. Mike, tell me if you were now to wrap it all up what we talked here today, what would you say, you know, as a last thing to the listeners here today who are thinking, you know, about their their elevator speeches right now.
2: (laughs) The most important thing to think about is search what you do on Google. Look at what everybody else is doing and figure out how to not look like them. It's Mm. that simple because invariably everybody's dealing with the same challenge. Mm. We are a PR firm. We, we have these services. Our job is to go out and sell these services. Mm -hmm. If somebody's looking and they see a bunch of options and one stands out to them, they're far more likely to follow through and read more on that one. That five Mm -hmm. to seven second impression is important to get them to read on, on your website when they're searching for you. So think, look at your competition. And if you sound just like them, you're going to appear just like them. That's that goes a good back advice. to that idea first, best or different. Mm-hmm. How do you appear different in the eyes of your audience should be the number one question that every business asks.
1: I love it. So before we go today, please also share and comment on a song and quote that always inspires you because it will go to to our list you know, to keep on inspiring our community. Yeah
2: my quote is business and my music selection is personal okay (laughs) my quote is the ethos of what i do you got to be first best or different and Mm -hmm. i attribute it's been said before but i attribute the quote to a uh now deceased country artist country music artist uh named loretta lynn and she was very famous in the united states country music is a united states expression for Mm the most part but she said that in relation to her career. In this business, you've got to be first, best, or different. And that really boils down and distills how an audience thinks and what they react mm-hmm. to. So I took mm-hmm. that to heart, and everything I talk about, everything I write about on LinkedIn relates back to that quote. So That's it's become powerful. kind of foundational to my business. Uh mm-hmm. music. I am A 48-year-old man living in the suburbs who is infatuated with hip-hop and always has been. And there's an artist that has been around for a handful of years. His name is Jidenna, J-I-D-E-N-N-A. And he does a track called Long Live the Chief. The entire track is about hustle. It's about how he built up from where he was to end up going to Harvard and just this unbelievable story about how he was just grinding all the time to get to where he wants to go. And that stuck with me, I, especially when I started my own business. It became something to just remember. The song's called Long Live the Chief, and it's about how he became what he sees as the chief. But it was just inspiring to me and If you don't like hip hop, you probably don't want to listen to it. But if you like a good beat and delivery and a good message, it's a good track.
1: No, thank you. I'm sure it will be very uh, inspiring and powerful also. And uh, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. I will definitely go and listen to this myself as well. But Mike, I really do appreciate you coming here today, taking this time. And uh, thank you. Thank
2: you. I'm humbled and happy for the opportunity.
1: Yeah. Likewise. And, uh, you know, keep on helping those companies creating their perfect elevator pitches
2: for you. I will do my dead level best.
1: Thank you.
0: That's all we've got for this episode of the powerful marketing tips podcast. Make sure to link up with us at our free monthly international mastermind event. Just go to powerful marketers.com forward slash mastermind for registration. And one thing that would really help us and other new potential listeners is if you would rate this show and leave a comment wherever you tune in to listen. Until next time, take care.